then this is the most, one of the most fascinating things really I've ever heard. When she came behind them, she touched, this is verse 44, she touched the hem of the gar garment and immediately her issue of blood staunched. staunched. Then Jesus said, who is it that, how, that hath touched me? I'm reading out of um, the Geneva Bible. I just like to translate the, what it put, how it put it here. When every, man did not, when every man denied, Peter said, and they were with him, Master, the multitude thrust thee and tread on thee, and saith thou, who touched me? And Jesus said, Someone hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. The model heart. He did not need to even say anything. But there was something on the inside of him as the son of man. I'm not saying he stopped being God. I'm saying he's acting as a man there. That's the beauty of Jesus. You're like, I can't forgive. Look at Jesus. He created the world. Can you imagine like you're the one who, who was the originator of all and like, no, this is the way it is. You're wrong. Like, can you imagine the thoughts that were going through his head? The patience. And it had no benefit. Like, it wasn't like Jesus benefited any, anything from dying on a cross and rising again. It was all about people. God had no, like, God, it's not like God made God better. Like, oh, I feel better about that. It was all about love wasn't like God was added to, like, oh, it's better now. They don't need anything outside of themselves. They're perfectly okay without people. But they choose to love. They choose to redeem. Touched. His heart was so guarded that the power within God was resident if someone said, let me touch him in faith. Jesus is the goal. One read how the Amplified, this is what he said. Amplified makes it louder. I will not speak with you much longer for the ruler, this is uh, John 14, 30, for the ruler of the world is coming and he has no claim on me, no power over me or anything that he can use against me. He's a sample son. He's thrown out all these little thoughts out there. Teach us about the guarded heart. Then he would say things like, if two or more agree, doesn't say, it might be done, shall be done. And he said, if you got something against your brother, take care of that. Because this can't change this if this 
is wrong. So this is an interesting thing. He's made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's made you a new creation. He's made you with every spiritual blessing. He's made you seated with him in heavenly places. I don't know if you realize this, though. Part of the challenge is that in a lot of our life, before we got born again, We've been really, I don't know any other easier way to taught it, we've been taught to be mentally retarded. I know that's strong language, but I think it's absolutely true. We've been taught things that are so distorted. That's why we say things like, oh, that's radical. And most of the time, like, no, that's, I'm trying to get you to normal there, honey. That's extreme. It really takes faith. I know. The just shall live by faith. That's really sacrificial. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who found the treasure in a field and sold all that he had. He was trying to take out all that language of a thought process that would hinder us from him. Remember, unless you change the way you think, the kingdom is not within reach. And so we're like given unlimited inheritance where everything he tells you is possible. And there's a corporate body waiting to rise up. And we're on this, hopefully we're on this journey to learn and to reshift our thinking. And just when you think like, okay, I've learned something, you've just realized you just started the little foundational block of what he wanted to teach you about that. So how do we get on that journey? I'm glad that you asked. There's some simple truths, biblical truths, not like way over. Some biblical truths is are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Really simple. Seek ye first, 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 not one and a half. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things, all these things will be added unto you. And then within the context of relationship and hopefully a community, you will know how serious you take the word of God by the measure of a transformed mind. And what's really important here is not perfection. God, God's never looking for, he's never asked anyone for perfection, but he does want a continual and consistent pursuit. Mm -hmm. 
You see it in the Gospels, right? I love, this is one distinguishing feature of the Gospels. The, the beauty of it is, most of the time, and in fact, it's not till after he's died that they even figured out some of the things he was actually saying. I've been there. God told me things years before I actually understood what he was saying. And then there's other things like, I wish you would have told me this sooner. And he said, you weren't ready. But, he's, you know, you'd say things and, you know, saying things one day, he's talking about eating my body, drink my blood, right? And it's, it didn't say those who were criticizing the revival turned away. It says his disciples turned away. Because it was, it, was, it, was, it was a paradigm shift that was needed. It's like, oh, that's really hard. It's really hard. And so they leave. And Peter's still standing there, I think, with most of the 12. And he goes, are you going too? He doesn't go, hey, let me, let me tell you about this, guys. Let me give you the five, five series on why I'm, this is right. He, doesn't, he offers no explanation. And he goes, you leaving? All he could answer was like, that you're the Messiah, so I'm going to keep following. So he's not looking for perfection. He's just looking for continual pursuit, even when you don't understand. But catch what's happening there. He's modeling something of true disciples. True disciples are not easily offended. One of the signs of immaturity is one who is easily offended. And it's important to mature because with every wrong belief, you are actually viewing the world and God in a distorted way. How does this often happen? Relationships, family relationships, Family dynamics, community dynamics. I, I work now probably much more than I ever have in the last three or four years with leaders. It's always, I shouldn't say this, sometimes fun to watch situations. <laughs> Not fun, but it's kind of like, ooh, let's see what's happening here. I call it, the reaction, reaction. And the reason I say this is because many times both of them are wrong. One is right, and they're right, but then they kind of, they're right, but then they, because they're right and they're an authority, they, they react the wrong way, the other person goes, Arr! and usually what's really happening, the issue is not really the issue. The issue is, they're triggering their own ungodly beliefs they have about God and about each other. And so now it's a mess in the house of the Lord because people are unwilling to deal with the issues of the heart and the distortions that they've seen of God through family, the distortions that they've seen of God through trauma, the distortions of God that they've seen through different things. So, 
Jesus, uh, let's just look at Luke 4 here. I knew it was going to take me a while. Um, Luke 4, if you would, he makes this statement. Shaba, Mayabakaya. I want you to see something that's essential to our, our, our discipleship process. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see. Notice here. Before you were born again, you saw. Your heart caused you to see incorrectly. And you likely made many agreements. Or even when you're born again, you've made many agreements that the enemy has legal right in your life. I'll give you one. My own life. I saw something one time in my parents' marriage. I don't think I've ever said this publicly. This is years ago. So I said, in my heart, never told anyone. If that's what marriage is, I never want to be married. So I don't wake up every day. See, when trauma happens, sometimes the vows we make are not necessarily foolish in the moment. Someone just hurt me. I don't want to ever be hurt like that again. So I'm not putting myself in that situation. So I don't wake up every day trying to figure out what's wrong with me, but I'm walking with the Lord. I'm Holy Ghost. I think I'm, it's like my first year of ministry. I'm praying one day. Because you pray this prayer. It's really, really good, but scary. Holy Spirit, I don't look, I'm, I'm not looking every day to see what's wrong with me. But he'll make you aware. If you're open. And if you're willing to exchange victim thinking. Praying. And Lord, this is why the outpouring of the Spirit is so awesome. Because you're constantly in his face. And you're like, Lord, I give you everything. Everything's yours. Everything. <laughs> Say it again. Everything. I'm, I think most of the time. In the early years, God was like, oh, we're going to get him now. He's, he's, he's the legal place in your life now. In the area of you getting married. Because you, and by the way, when we judge someone else, you're seeing from a very limited point of view. The enemy loves that. He loves to get in your ear about what somebody really is or judge their motive. Yeah. Yes. That's right. But if we're really honest with ourselves, most of the time what that person is doing or the way you think you're being treated is actually triggering something else that's still unresolved in your life. Yes, 
So when he, he just told me, that was one. That's one of many I could tell you. You've judged your parents. Lord, I'm so sorry. I forgive my parents and I bless them. Jesus said, in the Gospels, he said, be careful because the measurement that you judge will be the measure that you judge. So here's a common one. A leader does something really bad and everybody knows about it. I can't believe they did that. The enemy loves to use religious righteousness for you to have a judgment against another leader, against another person, against presidents, against politicians. And the list goes on and on and on. Be careful that you judge because with the same measure that you judged, it will be judged back to you. Years ago, a well-known revival leader was in Mexico City. Powerful as it usually is. He's praying. I'm his wife praying. People falling out. And uh, this lady comes up to the wife and says, please help me. My husband's a pastor and he's here and he beats me every day. The husband had a word of knowledge. He said, reason you beat your wife is your, I think he said his dad. Your dad beats you every day and you judged him. Now the very thing that you hate about your dad, you're doing and you hate yourself. Prayed for him. Got delivered of it. Never beat his wife again. So the prayer is not that you try and figure out what's wrong with you. But you say, I pray John 16 every day. Spirit of truth. You said you, 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 said you wouldn't guide me into some truth, but all truth. No, he says the captives of the eyes. Because he, here's the thing, Linda. What you don't know, you don't know. But also, what God reveals to you and you're not willing to admit, you stay bound to. Because your heart was not meant to have two different appetites operating on the inside of it. So I pray that. And then it's also really practical. Another practical way it works. He'll show you sometimes. But then, you know, Oh, I remember this one. This was awesome. One of my first bosses as an adult. I never understood the term postal. Back then it was postal. Why would anyone like shoot up everyone in their workplace? I didn't want to shoot up everyone, just my boss. <laughs> you laugh. Literally the first day. I'm on the job. And I still remember what the Lord said. Listen, listen to the Lord. Because one of the number one things the enemy likes to do is keep you a victim. So I'm like, 
I love you, Jesus. I'm all in. I got the call of God. I got to go with the nations of the world. I'm in this job. Genesis 2. Thank you. (laughs) Genesis 2, right? One of the first things when you're in this trajectory is he's, God is incredibly practical. And God, God told me this many years ago. He said, I don't waste any t- anyone's time. People waste my time. So the reason I'm saying that is, <laughs> the situation that you hate right now, it might be God who put you right in there. Because you were... Remember? Presence. I want to be like you. I want to love people like you. God didn't send homeless people my way because I was nice to homeless people. He sent people who mistreated me so I could treat them like him. First week at this job, he's not nice. The Lord finally told me about a year and a half ago why he wasn't nice to me. Wouldn't you like to know? I said, why didn't you tell me that years ago? He goes, oh, you would have used it against him. I said, I would have, I would have, I would have. And I remember the first week, I got home. I was living in this little farmhouse. I said to the Lord, I don't need to take this anymore. I'm a college graduate. I'm a graduate. They're just taking advantage of me. I still remember what the Lord said. That's right, you don't need to take. But if you leave this job, I can't do in your heart what I want to do. The devil is a liar. (laughs) I rebuked that, I did. I went to three people. Counsel will save your life. And I told them how bad it was at the job. Final person I went to, I went to my pastor. He said, I just think the Lord has something for you. You got that wrong prophetically. You know, that's wrong. That is wrong prophetically. You're missing God. I know you're a man of God, but you're missing God. So it's a big church. I went to another one on staff. Same, told him, I got worse. I got worse versions as I went on. No, really. And then you get, you, you try and use the, the, the little things you learn to get you out of a God situation. I'm a king in life. Ain't nobody, I got a favor of God. Ain't nobody going to treat me like that. You know. And I went to my dad, final person I went to. Surely he would not want his son to be mistreated at a job. His beloved son in whom he's well pleased. (laughs) He said, well, it sounds bad. How long's the commitment? He said, I taught you to be someone who's committed. I never thought of myself in any way as a violent person. And I would tell God why it's their fault for the first months. And he goes, nah, it's, just, it's already on the inside of you. They're just calling it up. 
He goes, you're going to give him that much power? So I finished that. I finished my degree early, though. God just said I had to finish my degree. I did. I finished in a year and a half. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Fastest master's degree, I think, ever in that program up until that time. <laughs> About three months later, I got offered my first ministry job. I was very naive. I thought, because people were in ministry positions, they were whole. It just meant God had called them. He was 100% harder to work for than my first boss. <laughs> you laugh. But the Lord was doing a deep work in my heart. I was learning some things. I always say, don't waste your difficult relational situations for you not to learn things about yourself, about God, I, had a, I, I didn't realize. Still, I'm still working through. I'm, I'm, I'm recovering from certain things. I go, God, why do I just I want to strangle this guy? He goes, oh, you've, you didn't realize it, but you always had this little thing because you were always a little smaller than everyone in your class, so you have this little inferior complex. I, I want to heal that. And then I also need to take care of this... Um, this generational thing where you're very critical. I'm going to give you discernment, but if you don't temper it right, it's going to be, could be really destructive. I'm not saying that God abuses people, but I'm also saying he's incredibly practical in the situation that you're in. Then I started learning Learn. It's a, it's a, this, this is like a learned thing, how to forgive people. I learned in that process, like I used to say the prayer, and then, but I would be like, God, get him, get him. Come on, get him. Like that's how it would be. You know? Then I realized I need to pray to bless them. Yeah. And I had to pray that God would treat him just like he treats me when I mess up. Because in the back of my mind, I just like, get him, get him, get him real bad. Come on, Old Testament on him. Shoot me like. <laughs> so all these layers. You'll learn something about yourself by what bothers you. Remember, had a situation with a certain church maybe seven, eight years ago. I go, why does that bother me? Oh, you, you still got this wound right here. Because it's not really that big of a deal, but that really bothered How come I can't get over that? I, you know, I said all the prayers, released them, but it's still right here. And then the Lord gave me, he did way back then, really good friends. 